0: Hey everyone, my name's Monica
1: and I'm Josh and we rate ratings ratings.
0: because students have opinions but
1: there are two sides to every story.
0: So how you doing today Josh?
1: I'm good, how are you doing?
0: I'm doing all right, you know it's just (laughs) a wonderful summer day we right. out here in Tuscaloosa.
1: Beautiful, beautiful. You know, can't get outside; have work to do, but
0: yeah, it's better to be in here recording than to be outside sweating. And it's not <laughs> even actual summer yet, so I am dreadful.
1: literally, uh,
0: Josh. What are we here to do? And what are you as what? Am,
1: what are we here to do? Well, first of all, above anything else, we're here to have a good time. Right. But our podcast, we will be reading. Right, my professor. We all know the great platform of Rate My Professor. So we look at anonymous student reviews and ratings, if you will, and we will get a professor, sometimes local businesses, for for the time being, we're sticking to professors. And we're getting their side of the story because as we say, you know, students have their opinions, but there's two sides to every story. And I feel, and you, I'm sure, Monica, feel the same way with Rate My Professor. It's a platform for students to speak, but teachers don't really have the resources to speak or to reply themselves and I feel it's a little one-sided and that can make for a lot of misunderstanding and miscommunication and so that's really what we're here to do you know we're here to crack jokes we're here to have a good time but above everything else we're just to here to inform what it's like through the teacher's lens right. and the business lens once we get to that and we'll talk about Yelp and all that other sorts of fun stuff, but as for me, thank you so much, I love talking about me, <laughs> but um, I'm a, well, I'm going on to be a junior at UA, and I am a news media major and a psychology minor, which I have not taken a psych class in two semesters, not two, one semester, but we don't talk about it, moving on to Monica, Monica, what are you, what are you here for, what are you, what are you, get to it. What's your major, Monica? What's your major? <laughs> what
0: are my aspirations?
1: <laughs> yeah, what's your Let's write out a business plan. Like what are your long-term Where do you see yourself in the next 10 years, right.
0: Monica? I am a rising senior. I'm going to be a senior in the fall, so that's pretty neat. And I am a news media major, otherwise known as journalism, and I'm also an English minor. I was originally going to be an English major, but then I realized I'd have to read a lot of Shakespeare and I was not down for
1: that. (laughs) (laughs) That's not the ship we are here to sail. We're not here for that at all. But what is this podcast even about Monica, since I'm just co-parenting your little brain child brain baby here?
0: Right. Right. Well, the origins of my brain baby come from, you know, about, a year ago i'm a big fan of this podcast called uh beach too sandy water too wet where they read the worst reviews in the most dramatic fashion and i really encourage all of my listeners to go check that out because they're christine and alex are you know a thousand times funnier than we will (laughs) probably ever be uh but they read ratings from yelp and other various review sources and they kind of find like the funniest or like the most dumb kind of ones, and they read them in dramatic music playing in the background and stuff. And I got into that, again, probably a year ago. So I just had a little lightning moment. And I was like, what if we did that for, you know, UA professors? So I kind of sat on it for a while. I was like, you know, I really don't have nobody to, you know, co-host with. And then I met Josh (laughs) during a class. That was not very enjoyable. That we yeah. we'll keep anonymous for right
1: now. <laughs> Don't get COVID during Dead Week. That's all I have to say, <laughs> or you will be sadly disappointed and mildly stressed.
0: It's probably both,
1: <laughs> <laughs> a mix of the two, if you will. Just a multitude of turbulent emotions right, in yeah. that class. It's. I feel like it's always the spring semester too, where like you just there's just one one guy or gal that just <laughs> just screws it all up yeah.
0: and you're like i was but looking forward to spring break and then summer break and then you know no
1: spring break this year yeah which we could get an extra week though can't be too mad but you know all right. i wouldn't have minded a spring break but Amen. the times are changing we're getting back to normalcy knock on wood okay. i'm knocking
0: on my fake wood desk right now.
1: <laughs> I'm at a wood desk too. <laughs> Look, just a quick little humble brag to everybody. Uh, we do have social media and you can participate. We were going to put this at the end. I was going to do a little Spotify moment where they go, still listening? <laughs> or like the synonym to that, Want a break from the ads?
0: <laughs> Want a break from the <laughs> ad, y'all?
1: Want a break from the ads? That just gives me terrible anxiety. <laughs> this is why I
0: got Spotify Premium. Exactly. Because- and
1: that's on Spotify Premium. nine ninety nine a month. It is what it is. Comes with Hulu.
0: I was about to say, actually. Uh, you <laughs> all should be informed that you get a student discount. I think you get Showtime, Hulu, and Spotify Premium now. Just for we've
1: Netflix. got you covered, guys. We have you covered. <laughs> And speaking of having you covered, we have an Instagram page at WeRateRatings. No periods, no underscores.
0: Just WeRateRatings.
1: One word, if you will. WeRateRatings. And so anybody, feel free to submit requests on professors, requests on businesses, or weird stories you have involving professors. We could have like a little Reddit moment if we had a Reddit forum. We could do r slash teacher stories. Of course, like with Rate My Professor, all of this would be anonymous because privacy is a thing, or else we would be uh, in a big ethical pursuit, yep. and I don't really want to be on the run um, because <laughs> I have bad lungs, so let's not do that.
0: Amen, and we don't want you getting in trouble with any professors. You know, we're not about right. that. We're not here for drama. We've you have got chair
1: back. Look, I've contacted the department chair once. It was a scary experience, and I would never want to do it again, and you don't have to either because we will keep your identity secure. We are not snitches.
0: No snitches here. (laughs) No
1: no stitches. No no snitchery, if you will. Right. Yeah, I'm white. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And the awkwardness from the promo is now swirling back in.
0: Maybe we should do like, you want a break from us? Go to our Instagram. (laughs) That should be our Want a break from
1: us? Just uh, close tab.
0: Right. Just exit the app right now.
1: And just exit out, you know, no worries. Right. We should just have like a content warning. Warning the following program is. The
0: following program mad. is cringe.
1: Mad, <laughs> mad cringe. So cringe warning to everybody out there.
0: Right.
1: Oh my gosh, do you remember like the strange mid 2010s blip where they had hump day merch like you Absolutely. could buy hump day t-shirts yeah. at like coals yeah. what a terrible what a terrible <laughs> little era that, we had yeah. going on there
0: just oh not a goodness. good look it's funny because i don't know if you've ever gone on a vacation recently to like the beach or anywhere else you know because of covid but even just like within like the past three years i feel like whenever i go to like the beach or whatever it's like if you go to those, like, tacky souvenir shops that have, like, overpriced stuff, if you go to their, like, black clearance racks, they'll have, like, twilight shirts and, like, mm-hmm. um, I remember I went to this one shop that had Cheetah Girls merch.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. It's like
0: they're, like, 10 years back, and I'm like, I should I buy that. this. Just
1: I should buy I'm going to for- buy it. I'm going to frame it. It's right. going to be in a velvet frame. I'm going to just... It's going to be like, you know how sports bars have like those side jerseys (laughs) hung up? I'm like, this is my jersey right here. Yeah, and And it's. There it is right here.
0: And it's like a Hannah Montana shirt 2007. (laughs) Of
1: course. Of course, my artifacts, my shrine, if you will. That's so funny. No, I went to a souvenir store the other day, you know, pre-COVID when I had COVID. Got diagnosed on my birthday. It was awesome. (laughs) It was a great time. Happy 20th. (laughs) we went in a souvenir shop and and it had taco cat spelled backwards it's still taco cat i was like not me owning this exact same shirt mm, (laughs) 10 years ago it's like it's it's full circle yeah fashion old-fashioned it comes back it's vintage come back
0: it's vintage
1: It's, uh... it's vintage if you will vintage
0: yeah. I love it whenever my mom like she'll tell me a joke or something that she saw on like, it used to be Facebook, but now she doesn't have a Facebook. That's a rant for another day. But uh, she'll like find this joke from the internet or wherever. And she'll like say the first part of it. And then I finish it because I saw it when I was 13, on like Pinterest or something. And she's like, Why don't you ever tell me the good jokes? And I'm like, Mom, I was 12. When I heard this joke the first time, these are
1: these are stale. The expiration date was long and gone. The,
0: and then when I give her those fresh TikTok memes, she's like, "I don't understand the joke," <laughs> and I have to walk <laughs> her through it. I'm like, "Okay, this guy, he means this," and yeah, and it, the so joke funny. is lost on her, sadly.
1: Yeah, I got my mom off the off the Facebook into TikTok. All because of all these animal videos i used to get i'm calling it the gen x jump if you will nice. <laughs> just find a good favorite animal find it on tiktok i took her now listen she had the tiktok app i want to say for six months and never made an account she's like i love this video i was like why don't you like it and she goes i don't have an account i was like well then make an account so you can keep the video and she goes nah and then she'll out of the app i'm like well nah. and then she'll be like what she would do is she would copy the links and text them to <laughs> herself she's like no where did i find where did i find the diy on how to make this uh christmas tree ornament reef i was like mama i was like you know there you it's in the sea of 35 other diy pinterest to tiktok five minute crafts that you've sent to yourself like them and you come it comes with a thumbnail and playback and you'd be able to know
0: right
1: you could do all of them at once it's like a little like shop panel it's like which one am i gonna buy today it's Mm -hmm. like a dollar menu if you will
0: yeah and not to get on a tiktok you know tangent here but it's (laughs) like i hate it when you're like looking for a tiktok and it's like it's a black screen or whatever because they got deleted or copyright strike. <laughs> and you're like, That's I know so it was that one. And now I can't remember what the joke was or what it was about. <laughs> we got a great guest today. Her name's Meredith Cummings. You know, personally, I have not taken her because a little bit of more background on me. I went to Sheldon State uh, Community College for two years. I did the community college route because, as I mentioned before, I really did not know what I wanted to do. This is back when I was still an English major, and then my last semester of Sheldon was when I really changed the journalism. But uh, Josh has taken Meredith before. Uh, do you want to divulge into what class it was? Because I have never taken her, for those unaware.
1: <laughs> so I didn't I didn't have um, her as a professor professor, but she did come in and subbed, I believe, multiple times for JCM-102 which was like content. I think it was intro to content creation and production. It's something synonyms yeah. y'all synonyms, but um, Dr. Elliot panic taught that class. I love that man. Great professor, but she's also really great. She, you know, through word of mouth, she's literally like a campus tall tale come to life. Like she's literally so sweet, so good at what she does. I haven't heard anybody say a negative word about her, which now, you know, a little foreshadowing for y'all. There are a few haters out there, a few Mm -hmm. haters, if you will. But from what I can tell you, I humbly and wholeheartedly recommend anybody who has the ability to take her as a professor to do so, because she is, as Monica said, a campus legend and a college icon. So... And she teaches multiple classes at Pfeiffer. Yes. What have you heard, Monica? Have, what, what all have you heard specifically about her? I know you two follow each other on Twitter. Yeah,
0: I mean, I really love her tweets. Uh, it's actually funny because about a few weeks ago, she noticed, I believe, some birds uh, nesting outside her house. And one of them, I think, had like a little red head and the other one was like white-headed. And so she named them um, Crimson and White after the Crimson White, which she said was her favorite uh, publication, which is a huge honor. But um, I mean, she just seems like a very cool person. Again, I follow her on Twitter, and I'm pretty active on Twitter. But I just, you know, there are a few, like Josh was saying before, a few people in the UA community, you know, professors and whatnot, that just have that elevated status, you know, that name, everybody knows them. And it seems like everybody loves them. And you know, she's just one of those people that, you know, I've never really heard a bad word. It's just Uh, much love from everybody who's taken her at Reese and stuff like that so I'm really down and looking forward to our interview with her you know that'll be very nice
1: I mean she's great she's great so
0: when we come back we'll have Meredith Cummings on we'll be right back
2: thanks for having
0: me I'm really excited about this right
2: well, excited maybe a little bit of an overstatement if I'm being honest.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's funny because um, me and Josh, we actually were talking about this earlier as well. It's like I kind of came up with this idea, and he's just like the co-parent, you know. <laughs> but we're both like really excited to like get this started. Really
2: so it's your baby, and Josh takes care of it sometimes. About <laughs> <laughs>
1: the paperwork.
2: Well, I'm really. Um, I'm thrilled to do this. I love podcasts and I, um, love doing fun things. And I am very much a fan of you have to, you being people, not you particularly need to be able to make fun of ourselves. We all need to be, you know, life is short. Like we all have flaws and we just kind of have to embrace them and <laughs> poke fun at ourselves and move on as best we can and improve when necessary, obviously. Sure.
0: All right. So kind of getting started on that, Um, have you ever like read, because I know we've talked about the Crimson White video from like 2014, where you were like one of the guests and stuff. But other than that, have you like ever like (laughs) read through your reviews? So
2: I had forgotten about that video when you mentioned it, and I just, right before I logged on here, went back and watched that video, and I remember vividly. I, I didn't mind doing it, but I had 8 o'clock classes that semester, and the reporters that came to do that video for the Crimson White said, oh, you know, it's just for, it's just for the Crimson White. You know, no, nobody's really going to see this. And I said, well, I'm, I have this packed day, and they run a deadline. I said, could you do it at 730? And to my surprise, they said, sure. So I was barely awake. I didn't think anybody was going to see it. And then before I knew it, I, I had people all over the country texting me. Oh, I saw you on the Today Show this morning, and I was like, I didn't even see me on the Today Show. I have no idea what you're talking about. I hadn't even seen the video, and so I went and watched it, and it was um, fairly horrifying. I don't, I don't like seeing myself on camera um, or in pictures. <laughs> so, um, to your point, since then, I, I really don't read my rate, my professor reviews, they give me great anxiety. And so what I have to do, if I decide to read them, I usually sort of, um, it's in the summer when I'm doing summer camps. I run summer journalism camps when I'm a little more relaxed and in, or or maybe in July when I'm not doing camps and I'm just teaching and I kind of just sort of have to take some deep breaths and read them. Um, One of the reasons I'm not so into the Rate My Professor reviews is because I know anyone can leave one. You don't necessarily have to have even taken the class. I have know students who've left reviews for professors they haven't had. I won't say how, who, or why, I just know. <laughs> and so I really put a lot of stock into the SOS, so the student opinions of instruction, because I know those students are actually in my class. And that's what I always tell my students. I hope if you post something about me, whether it's Rate My Professor or SOS, that it's constructive criticism which I really do absolutely take into consideration. I was just looking at some notes this morning I have from students that gave me some really great suggestions that I might implement in my summer class. That's what I was working on. And so when that happens, it's, it's great. But sometimes they're just mean and they say really personal things. And then sometimes they're odd. Like I think one of the weirdest ones I ever got was on an SOI. And I know we're talking about writing my professor, but let me just deviate for one minute. And it said, she drinks too much Diet Coke. This person was really on a tear about me drinking a lot of Diet Coke. And I thought, well, okay, that's weird. And then I thought, well, maybe they're just concerned for my health. I don't know what that was, but they're not wrong. You know, like I'm, I own it. I probably do drink too much Diet Coke, but it was just such an odd personal, that does not help this class in any way sort of thing, you know, so. Now, having said that, I also don't want to dismiss the ratings on Rate My Professor. I know they're a great tool for students to use, and I think, um, I think more often than not, they're accurate, especially if you get a lot of students weighing on a particular professor. But I try to just not read them. Uh, you know, every once in a while, well, someone will draw something to my attention that's been posted, um, but they give me great anxiety. And I think, I think generally, professors that I know have anxiety about student ratings because we're human and we want to do well and we want um, not everybody is the type of person that wants to be liked some people don't care (laughs) Um, and I don't I don't need to be liked but I do want to do a good job I want students to feel like they're learning and also just from a consumer point of view I want them to feel like they're getting what they're paying for college is expensive and it's a privilege and so I want to feel like they they are fulfilled you know yeah, but they do. They give me anxiety. <laughs> I hope when I read them, if they're constructive, that I can actually implement some of the suggestions.
0: Because right. again, that's why I like wanted to start this podcast. Is like sometimes I'd be like reading through um, professor reviews and I'd be like, this is just so bizarre and it doesn't help me, but I feel like I need to talk to somebody about this other than like my two friends, you know? <laughs> I mean, I have
2: professors who basically have friends who, who basically have like crying circles. So like the day the, the <laughs> things come out or at the end of the semester, they all get like wine and tissue and they sit together and they read them, they read them, they read them at the same time so they can all just sort of vent to one another. Um, and I do think that uh, I hadn't really thought about it until now, but that's another component of it. It's not just criticism. It's criticism, you know, is coming, you know, you're it's, a, it's anticipatory anxiety as well. So um, and I actually think that's good as much as I hate it. I think that's good. That means we want to do our jobs well and that we care and that we're not checked out and uh, who cares what the, the kids. It drives me nuts when people call college students kid. Who cares what the kids think? You know, I hear and I'm, I hate that. That just is not for me.
0: All right, so with that all being said, let's get into it. You know, let's all take some deep breaths. Okay, so <laughs> I promise me the one light- out
2: for just a minute. <laughs> I'm I stretching. We- They can't see me, but I'm stretching. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah,
0: I promise we picked like, you know, we're gonna start off easy, you know, we're not gonna get too scary here today. It's too early in the morning for that.
2: I do care what people think, but I also, in a lot of ways, just don't. Like, I'm fairly bulletproof, so don't feel like you might hurt my feelings. I'll, I'll tell you if you do. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right.
2: well,
1: one thing I did want to mention is the overall rate my right? My Professor score. Yeah, so tell me that, because
2: I don't even know what that is. There's,
1: yeah. like, two general um, metrics going from one to five. You have, like, overall quality, and then you have level of difficulty. So your level of quality is a 4.5 out of 5, which would be a 9 out of 10, which is one of the best I've seen. I'll take it. Yeah. And then level of difficulty, that one always kind of confuses me because when the level of difficulty is rated low, you're like, oh, it's easy. But oftentimes it's not that you don't put a lot of work in, it's that the professors are so good at what they do that, like, as long as you follow what they're saying, then you're going to do well. So your level of difficulty is a 2 out of 5, which is a 4 out of 10. Okay. Which is also,
2: a... yeah. I think like you, I have some mixed feelings about level of difficulty. I don't want to be seen as an easy professor because that implies that people don't learn. But mm-hmm. to your point, I also try to make it a manageable course load. I don't, I don't want to overload people, um, and I never give a test that's like seventy-five percent of the grade. That's just mean. Oh, like I hated it when I'm. I mean, I'm sorry. I know some professors do that, but I hated it when I was a mm-hmm. college student and I had that happen because what if I feel tired that day or what if I mean there's so many what ifs you know (laughs) there's
1: so many like variables confounding yeah variables exactly
2: sure and I think too my my sort of overall teaching philosophy is you can't learn when you're stressed you can't do it um also there's some more hierarchy Maslow things like you can't learn when you're hungry that are obviously more important but on a general level you can't learn if you're stressed so I I try to make it fun and easy and enjoyable, but that easy sort of got a question mark behind it. But you're right, like I want people to learn the material, but I also want it to be enjoyable while they're doing it.
0: Yeah, so our first review here, uh, I was trying to find like the dates because one of them did not have a date, but this one did. This is from December of 2014. And it starts- Y'all went
2: way back, goodness gracious.
0: (laughs) so this one starts off with, such a sweet professor, sad the class is already over. Very enthusiastic about journalism and a fountain of experience and knowledge. Didn't give out tests, but had us write four short articles over the semester. Phones in class were okay-ish, but it's so hard to use one just because I didn't want to disrespect her. No textbook (laughs) uh, assigned.
2: Okay, props to that student for saying, didn't want to disrespect <laughs> me. I think that's really kind. That person is very kind because I don't mind phones in class. I'm one of the few professors I know. My, again, it goes back to you're the consumer and you're, someone's paying for this. So if you want to be multitasking, then that's up to you. <laughs> um, but I, that's pretty a positive one. I like that You know, my knowledge of journalism is the most important thing that I'm imparting. So I'm glad that they, that they acknowledged that. That makes me really happy. And um, yeah, okay-ish. I know what they mean. I mean, you know, everyone, students and faculty are distracted by the student with the phone out who's clearly, you know, the screen is like lighting up, they're playing a video game or something and the people behind them are distracted by it. That's a different situation. Um, But yeah, okay-ish. I I get, that's a really good, (laughs) I should put that in my syllabus. (laughs) Use of cell phones is (laughs) okay-ish. Yeah.
1: One that... There's two reviews that we picked out. I'm gonna go with the more tame one, and Monica, you can read the more extreme one if sure, you will. Ring but this it. one is from October 2016. Okay. Okay. Miss Cummings is a true angel. Good start.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: She is worth I feel going like to UA. A butt. <laughs> she is worth going to UA in the first place, especially if you're going for journalism. And here's the caveat. Mm-hmm. It's a compliment, but she's also really pretty, which is nice. Ah. <sighs> It's, it's nice, but I had a question for you sure. um, because what I see or what we've seen on your reviews is there's a couple of reviews that have to do with um, your appearance, like complimenting your appearance, do you get weirded out by that? <laughs> do you feel objectified by that? or Are you like flattered? Like what is your emotional and then your like objective reaction and response to that?
2: Yeah, these are all really good questions. Um, a couple that, you know, I, I mentioned, I don't look at these, but a couple of people have told me about a couple of those, <laughs> one in particular that I'm sure you saw. And it's, um, I'm probably turning bright red right now because it's it's fairly embarrassing. Um, it's I understand that in some cases the heart's in the right place and and it's it, it can be re- it can be really sweet. Now, I it can also be really creepy. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Like there's a line there um, that can be a little bit creepy. Everybody needs to put their mommy issues away and come to class to learn. You know what I mean? Like I'm not I'm not I'm not here for that. We're not doing that. No. <laughs> absolutely not. Shut (laughs) it down. You know, (laughs) just shut it down. My threshold for dating is, you know, somewhere in the upper 30s. So you don't even think about it. So yes, those sort of, um, comments. Well, I do think, I like to think actually, I I don't know, but I like to think the intentions are pure and they're just trying to be sweet. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know of course the the id in my ego or in, in me is like hell yes this is awesome tell me more of these things but not i don't need to hear them from students you know i want them to respect my mind and the material that i'm trying to teach them more than anything else i'd like to think if i were a paper bag over my head you know they would still be perfectly happy and learning or I came in a like Halloween monster zombie costume or whatever. (laughs) But um, yeah, it does feel sort of, I don't think that aged well either. You said 2014, I think especially post me Too movement. I mean, and I'm going to be honest, it would all, it would, it has always made me feel uncomfortable. Like I said, a couple of people have mentioned those to me. It's, it's um, I like to think it's, it's well-intentioned, but Mm -hmm. post me Too, these kinds of things, you know, they, they don't age well for sure. And I, I, even pre-me too, like I would hope that someone would embrace my intellect first. Uh, I think that's the most important thing for sure.
0: Kind of moving on from that, I'll take the next one that's pretty, you know. Just
1: I'm just reading the wording of it and it just sounds like a poorly scripted Lifetime movie. Like, oh, you know, the, like when adults write scripts for teens and the dialogue is like, what are they saying? You guys are
2: making me nervous. Okay, I'm, I'm braced. I'm braced for this. I'm taking a deep breath.
0: Okay. So this is November of 2015, okay. and it says, uh, Miss Cummings is truly an angel. Her class pretty much saved my whole year. She's so beyond hilarious, inspiring, and pretty smoking hot. Which is <laughs> Which it gets worse. It gets a little bit worse. Oh, no. And then it says parentheses, uh, which was a little distracting, but I didn't care. Oh, and then in all ex- in all capital letters, great class with two exclamation marks. Yeah.
2: Okay, I'm gonna just. I'm sorry, you said it was a little distracting, but what? Oh, but, which
0: was a little distracting, but, I didn't, but I didn't
2: care. I'm sorry, I was hung up on the first part of what you said. Okay, so I'm gonna cling. To the great class part. That's the part that I'm really, like, do. I knew it was going to be bad because Josh's face. He was covering his face. And I was like, "Oh my god!" Wow. Well, you know what? They were paying attention in class, and let's focus there. That's the most important thing. I'm really glad that they were paying attention in class. Although I may need to print that out. that she was smoking hot part, and just like. <laughs> Frame it in my home, so the next time I have a date, they'll see that. You know,
0: I just love... <laughs> I mean, like look what the kids are saying.
2: <laughs> oh no, no, I would not attribute it to a student. I, I'm not cross again. Don't cross that line. That never. <laughs> but just so that the you know people that potential dates know that I I am in fact smoking hot <laughs> for someone. <laughs> oh my goodness. Let me just say, I, I think that's fairly a brave thing to write. Um, oh, thank God this didn't exist when I was a student. I, But I still can't imagine, I say thank God, it, it is a really great tool, but I can't imagine ever having, I just never wrote anything like that or thought anything like that about my professors. And I'm not just saying that. I know a lot of college students might, but I just couldn't ever picture that. And I think it's just fairly fairly creepy, like, <laughs> you know, like – um. Um yes, anyway, as a student, I don't think I could have ever ever I mean how so like most students are what I was like 17 when I started maybe 20, 21, 22 I got my master's and then I mean, that's a huge age difference. I'm not I, I'm not ashamed of my age at all, so I'll tell you that's a massive age. difference. And I just couldn't have imagined when I was a college student even thinking that, at all at all like it was just sort of a, a boundary very clear boundary um so i'm i'm for that particular review uh, going back to the lighter side i'm just going to focus on the fact that they learned things and it was a great class yeah that was a that was a one. <laughs> <laughs>
1: moving on to april 2013 short and sweet okay. it says she is seriously the cutest sweetest lady ever i just want to hug her
2: Oh, <laughs> I like hugs. I remember that one because it was, I think I said that in the 2014 video that hugs are nice. I like hugs. Now I might not should say that yeah. for multiple reasons, um, not only boundaries, but also COVID. Like there's so many reasons, but air hugging is fine. I think air hugging is great. <laughs> and I do think that, um, again, some of my students are high schoolers and I, I should, add that I direct to nonprofits that I work with Alabama high schoolers a lot. So I have a feeling sometimes these are students that I know they're younger and they probably would hug me in person. Like I'm more of a mom figure to them, you know you know what I mean? And that, that's a little different dynamic. Or I've known them for a long time since they were maybe, you know, 13. And then they get into my college class and I feel like I have a, a relationship um, beyond just the classroom with them because I've known them for so long. But now I could not hug people. No hugging. No hugging. I guess I need a sign now that says no. <laughs> <hugging>. <laughs> well, and I'm going to be honest. I think that's probably difficult for some professors. I'm an extrovert and I am a hugger, like in life. I'm just a hugger. And not only has COVID caused me to completely rethink that as a high risk individual, especially with an immunocompromised disease, I just, um, you know, i I've, just probably shouldn't hug people anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, in a professional learning environment.
0: So uh, again, this is kind of an older one going back to August of 2011
2: and uh, Ooh. yeah. Oh, that was a bad year, that was a
0: reference, right. okay. Right. <laughs> but uh, it's pretty nice. It just says a very interesting teacher and I really enjoyed this class. I'm not a journalism major, but her teaching made me think about reconsidering my major very easygoing teacher who I highly recommend taking if you have the chance. And the reason why we kind of picked this is because we were just kind of wondering like your opinion maybe on you know students who are non-journalism majors that like take your courses and stuff like that.
2: I love it. I think it's great. I consider it a personal win if they change a major. I never set out to change someone's major. That's not why I'm here. Um, But I do teach two intro classes. One is for majors uh, you know journalism or excuse me news media majors and one is for non-majors it's a humanities course for the university so you know there are a lot of classes you can take art history and you can take theater and you can take music appreciation and you can take journalism and so in that class i I, so in in my four majors class the way i explain it to people is in four majors class i approach it as let's do journalism and we're going to do a lot of journalism we're going to produce a lot of journalism in this class in the class for non-majors i kind of talk about it as here's how we do journalism. Here's how we do what we do. Here's the thinking behind it and the code of ethics that we involve in everything that we do. So it's more of an overview of the inner workings of how the news media work. Mm -hmm. Um, And I actually had somebody last semester change their major, um, which was really exciting. And I do take it as sort of a personal victory. Again, I never really set out to, I don't want to take anyone from their life's passion if that life's passion is, you know, geology. I just want it make it more understandable we have get serious for a minute but we have a a real crisis in this country right now and it starts much younger than college and high school it actually starts in elementary school um and i direct the national elementary schools press association so i do i do know a lot about this but you know with the general public understanding how journalism works and how the news works and how we do what we do and how to fact check things themselves And so that's a passion of mine. And so when one of my students kind of enjoys the class or learns something from it or especially if they change their major, I'm stoked. Like I'm very happy about that. Yeah, it was it's nice. That's really nice. That was a good that was a good review. I like that.
1: And just like that, the calm before the storm. (laughs) Uh oh (laughs) No, no.
2: Let's do it. March two thousand nine. Ooh, that's way back oh i was a new teacher then yeah i was new so let me just put that caveat out there before you read whatever you're going it
1: say black eyed peas were at the top of the charts crocs were in march 2009 oh, here we go black
2: eyed peas crocs need to just never ever come back and stay there
1: <laughs> through all of her hard work and corny jokes miss cummings just isn't able to assert herself attendance is always counted quizzes spelled wrong just had to point that out quizzes are given almost every other class on current events and reading from the chapters assigned a nice lady but tries to be the air quotes here cool teacher without being cool
2: okay first of all heartbreaking heartbreaking i'm just kidding (laughs) the the without being cool part is heartbreaking it's not um It's not, I don't think any teacher or adult ever expects anyone young to think they're cool. (laughs) So I'm okay with that. (laughs) I'm okay with that. It's a little hurtful because I think I'm cooler than most adults my age, or maybe I just like to think that I am. Um, Quizzes every other, you know, quizzes about news events. I fully embrace that. If you're not paying attention to the news, you don't need to be a journalist. That's just period, like that's it. Um, and what was the first part? What did they say at the beginning?
1: They Yeah, they said corny jokes and then not able to assert herself.
2: I think that's the part that bothers me the most about this. Um, not the jokes part, I'll come back to that. But the not being able to assert myself, I feel like that is troublesome for me. Uh I feel like I'm assertive. I know what I'm talking about, I'm very confident in my abilities. I hate that that doesn't come across to that person because um, I don't know what that looks like to them. And I do think that might be a little sexist that
0: mm-hmm.
2: not able to assert what does that mean in this world and what should that look like is a subjective sort of situation. As far as my jokes, I own they are totally corny. I'm owning that. <laughs> I own it. Like, my jokes are ridiculous sometimes, but I think they're funny, and I like to have a sense of humor, and if I'm enjoying myself, you know, um, obviously, I'm there to serve the students, but I also like to have fun in my day, so I'm going to tell some corny jokes, and they're not wrong. You know, I have a dad that tells the worst corny dad jokes, so I have a feeling some of those seep into my teaching sometimes. (laughs) Hi, Dad. Love you (laughs) if you're listening to this. Um, (laughs) um, But yeah, they're not wrong. I do have some corny jokes. Maybe my material has gotten better since 2009, I like to think. I think, let's see, I will have been teaching full-time entering fall of my 13th year. So in August, 13 years. So, um, But I've been teaching since I was in my 20s as an adjunct instructor. So I've, I've got to get better material. Yeah, you think I get better at the stand-up portion of this event. <laughs> Teaching is a little like performing. I've done theater and stuff like that. And it, it very much sometimes, because no matter what's happening in your day, I mean, I, I think of the difference between being a student and being a professor. Like if you're a student, if you're having a really crappy day or your girlfriend or boyfriend have just broken up with you or your car just got hit or you've got a flat tire or something horrible is happening, you can kind of creep in a class and sit at the back and head down, just get through the class and not stress out. So well be quietly stressed, I guess is a better way to put it. Um, When I'm teaching, you know, I've had some very, very bad times in my life and I have to just sort of put it in a box, walk away from it. And as soon as I hit the door of that classroom, I'm a, I have to be there for the students and I need to be, I can choose joy. So I can choose to be, that sounds very Oprah. Sorry, I don't know where (laughs) that came from. (laughs) But I can choose to be happy and I can choose to at least make that hour 50 minutes, hour and a half of their lives, at least palatable, if not enjoyable. You know, that's kind of my kind of where I come from when I'm teaching.
0: We have another uh, review, and again, this is our last kind of one, and it's the last obviously negative okay. one. And it says, uh, it's from November of 2012, okay. and it says, Take someone else for JN 200. Extremely easy class, you don't really learn anything. She is very random and it's hard to keep up all the time, and very talkative, which kind of got on my nerves at eight in the morning. your <laughs> <extra> mark! <laughs> my advice is to take another teacher who can stay on point and learn more than you ever will with her. Yeah, I don't it's know so what
1: that's that. all about. It's so <laughs> okay. much cognitive dissonance. It's like take someone else. What is
2: happening? <laughs> There's, yeah, there's a lot happening there. So it's easy, but take someone else. Maybe I am definitely a morning person and I absolutely know that gets on some people's nerves and I tell, I tell students, you know, I've had some reviews like this on my SOIs and so I tell students early, if you're not a morning person, just no. okay, actually let me back up. I've had a few SOIs like this where people get annoyed because I'm so peppy in the mornings. I have taken that, what I feel is constructive criticism. And adjusted so that now if i have an ADM am class i tell students early on i'm a morning person i try to be bright and peppy in the morning because who wants to come in here and listen to someone who sounds like they're reading a dictionary like that's going to put you right back to sleep and if you are that person like i understand if i annoy you and i'm sorry but that's just who I am. I need to be who I am if I'm teaching and you know, you need to be who you are. If you're not awake yet and you haven't had your caffeine and you just want to sit in the back and drink your coffee quietly, I'm fine with that. But this is who I am and this is my teaching style. So I try to kind of lead with that now at eight eight o'clock classes, but I had a lot of eight o'clock classes as a college student and I just could not get with the professors that were so monotone first thing in the morning. And now we're going to look at a PowerPoint and, I feel like maybe that's where some of that comes from. I'm really guessing here, but said I was all over the place. I hate PowerPoints with a burning seething passion, like they are not for me. And what I usually do is I use a lot of current news stories and events and websites to show what I'm talking about in journalism, as opposed to, here's a PowerPoint. Let's talk about it in theory. Let's look at some journalism and see how it's actually happening. And I do zip around a lot from thing to thing, from media outlet to media outlet, to show a lot of different types of things. So I can see where that would seem sort of, what did they say? Like all over the place or random or something. I can see.
0: I think she, hold on. I'm I'm like, Uh,
2: you see what I'm doing here? I'm defending myself. (laughs) I'm taking it point by point. All
0: right. She is very random, and it's hard to keep up all the time, and very talkative which it's like a lot of comma splices, I feel like, in this.
2: Yeah, that's not good. If I didn't teach them good writing or proper grammar, then that's that's (laughs) absolutely not good. No, no. And I do teach an editing class, so y'all can come to me for that later. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I feel like um, maybe I just wasn't for that person. I am talkative. They're not wrong. Yeah, um, I don't know. I just always go back to trying to be a happy, happy person when I'm teaching. There's enough negative in the world. You know, I don't need to drag any of that in the classroom.
1: And I think that feeds into being positive. I think there's, I don't want to say a silent majority, but I feel like there's a lot of people who resonate with that and the people who happen to be negative are just the loudest in the room. If you get my gist, they're Mm -hmm. the only ones Mm -hmm. talking about it and then everybody else is satisfied, so they're not really going to say anything about it. They're just going to relay through word of mouth, like, oh, you should take her. She's really good. Because I've heard through plenty of word of mouth, Meredith Cummings, better take her. If she's on there, you better take her. And I I remember you actually (laughs) TA'd, not TA'd, what am I thinking? You subbed, you filled in for um, JCM 102 with Dr. Panic in my class. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fall semester. And I was like, can't see how anyone would have a problem with her. But there's always the... In this there, case, there two are,
2: that got away. Them. The two that got away. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you absolutely cannot please everyone. That's true. Um, and I think I, I a little off topic, but I do think it helps that my daughter is a college student at UA, and I have this great in-house filter. Uh, she wasn't going to stay at UA. She was going to go out of state, and then she did right when the pandemic hit. She decided to stay here, and I was really thrilled because I get more time with her, A, and um, be just sort of, it's been really helpful, I'm not gonna lie, during the pandemic teaching online to have her as a sounding board for, well, what do you think a student would think if I sort of tried this experimental thing with Zoom? Like, is that stupid? Or are they gonna roll their eyes at me? And of course she's only one person and everybody has their own opinion. And I do ask a couple other, maybe pre-prior, you know, students have had before, hey, what do you think about this idea before I try it? Um, but it's really been really great but I was thinking about those students who that student who called me talkative and it's occurring to me now, as we're speaking together, that if they thought I was talkative before as a high risk individual, who's been teaching at home for a year, just wait till I get back in a classroom. (laughs) Can you imagine how bad it's going to be? I've been thinking a lot about this because I'm going, I'm teaching summer, but I'm online all summer. And then in August, when we go back to classes i'll be back in person it will have been let's see 17 months since i was in a classroom 17 months is a long time it'll be on my right on my birthday or the, the day before the day after so i'm considering it as like the best birthday present ever i'm very excited to get back in a classroom and be with students and i'll probably not even gonna lie have some sort of total like meltdown where I cry and it's going to be a thing they may as well just film it and make it go viral like it's it's because even if I'm trying not to I'll be so just emotional you know being back in a classroom it's what I love to do and I can't I can't wait I can't wait for that day I'm so excited I feel almost bad for my first class that day they're gonna just watch a whole come apart happen right in front of (laughs) right in front of them
0: So, like, we were going to go into, like, some basic interview questions kind of to wrap up. Okay, sure. So kind of what I'm thinking is that since you're so impassioned, you know, with what you're doing and teaching and all that, do you think that's kind of one of the reasons why you're such a popular professor? Or do you have any other theories as to why you're getting these high reviews and very nice comments and stuff like that? I have
2: a theory that's kind of embarrassing, though, so I'll just say say that right out of the gate. Uh, But I say it to my students all the time, so I shouldn't be embarrassed about it. I was a very average student. I was a very average college student. I was not a 4.0 student. I was not at the top of the best of the best, the cream of the crop. I was not terribly, uh, it, it, it was difficult for me. I was a first generation college student. My parents have since gone on to get their degrees, but I didn't really know what to expect and I didn't apply myself as well as I could and I didn't know how to study and I didn't have great work habits. I, I was um, average. <laughs> um, I was average and, I I did not naturally excel and I was a very nervous test taker and I hate standardized tests. I never give Scantron tests now, never, never, never. In part because of that, like I, I want to be able to give partial credit for having the right idea without the exact right words. And you can't do that with Scantron. So, and I have the luxury of that I should say because I don't teach large lecture classes anymore. So I think me being an average student. Now, when I got into my masters, I was stellar. Like I did really well with that because it was what I wanted to study. But, you know, undergrad, I'm not going to lie, like science and math, they are not my thing, and they drugged my GPA down. I I just wasn't very good. And also, I feel like I had to work really, really hard to get a B, for example, sometimes when I would see my classmates just sailing through with A's, and that was really difficult for me. Um, So I think having been such an average undergrad, and I know, again, my department chair is like, oh, good, say more things like this right now, but I I do think it's true. That I, I, there are a lot of people like me out there. You know, I I had not found my calling or my thing yet. You know, I didn't know I loved journalism yet for a couple years. I I was an education major, secondary language arts for a good two years. Um, I thought I wanted to go to law school and quickly realized I didn't have the temperament for it. I changed to English. I was I ended up being an English undergrad. So I had a lot of bouncing around and a lot of lack of direction. And I think that's another reason I also like the advising part of teaching, is because I get to kind of help students keep an open mind about their futures. And um, I don't know, I feel like maybe that helps me be a better teacher because I don't want people to feel the way I felt sometimes really just overwhelmed, stressed out, inadequate. uh, And then that's without all the things that plague women and some men, of course, on a daily basis, like feeling ugly or fat or inadequate or unhealthy or just like I could go on forever how I felt in college. I was very not sure of myself and I was very um, looking back just not in a great place to be honest. I felt very happy. College was great like I had a great time but that's the other thing like there was a big social aspect to it that I wasn't used to and I was 17 when I started so I was pretty young and I feel like I um, probably partied too hard if I'm being honest you know and I did. I partied way too hard. (laughs) Thank God we didn't have social media then. And so I think that helps me understand students' distractions and their struggles just because I wasn't a a 4.0 straight A. I did not know everything. You know, I did not. I was not the smartest person in the room. So I think that's why I like it and why I hope students receive me well.
1: Continuing with being the hype man here, um, I just pulled a couple (laughs) of examples from your website on just the impact that you've had at UA and also in Tuscaloosa. An example is um, a class project through working with ProPublica on data journalism over cataloging 20 years of election data in the state, and another one being the undergrad and grad class, JCM 436 and 536, which is now a service learning class where you basically go into local schools and help teach students about media. What impact do you believe you've had and that you are having through the greater Tuscaloosa community and on campus through your teaching at Reese Pfeiffer?
2: Well, I think... um in, as far as the community goes, I do a lot of outreach, and I, I do run the Alabama Direct, the Alabama Scholastic Press Association, and we serve middle and high schoolers in the state of Alabama to help them do better journalism through workshops and events, and state convention, state journalism convention, and summer camps, which I'm getting ready for right now, um, and a lot of events. And then through the National Elementary Schools Press Association, I'm serving over. 800 schools nationwide. And these are young K through five students who are doing you know, broadcasts in their schools and newspapers and websites. And um, I think the coolest thing for me and how that impact really sort of um, solidified itself to me was now I've been doing this, meaning teaching full time long enough. So recently in the past few years, I've now seen some local students who I taught in elementary school as, fourth graders, fifth graders, third graders, go through, come to my classes in, at UA, and then go on into the industry. And that's just, that to me is so fulfilling to see, it may not be a huge impact on the community, but if you, you know, if I can have a few of these students that I've seen the continuum through their lives, from elementary school to, to getting into the media industry, that's pretty cool and especially through the Multicultural Journalism Workshop, which I direct, um, it's 38 years old, it's been at the University of Alabama for 38 years, and we, the goal here is to get more diversity in newsrooms in America. And when I look at those classes and where those students go when they when they leave us, they're, we're doing that. We're slowly increasing diversity in newsrooms, and that's so important. It's always been important. I know it's got a light shining bright on it right now, but it's always been important. And that program was founded by, by Marie Parsons, uh, yeah 38 years ago Uh, shout out to marie for founding that it's fantastic so i i think those impacts seeing little kids grow into functioning journalists in the world is pretty cool as far as tuscaloosa goes um i don't know about my impact here i've lived here three times over the course of my career i've moved and i've lived in seven or eight different states a lot i've moved a lot But I've come back here, and it occurred to me just the other day, I've now lived here much longer than I've lived anywhere else, including Birmingham, which is my hometown. So I consider Tuscaloosa home very much. And I hope I've made an impact. You know, I hope, at least on my students, um, I used to be director of TEDx Tuscaloosa, which I really enjoyed. I try to help in the community when I am able and still wear my journalism hat. It's a little bit difficult. Can't really get into advocacy when you're a journalist, so that kind of hard sometimes uh, as much as I would like to for sure <laughs> but I hope that I've made an impact on this community. I, I help, helped being the keyword start Tuscaloosa Magazine years ago and I think that's a great community touchstone to kind of bring people together and um, I did work at the Tuscaloosa News for a long time um, which I enjoyed and I, I don't know I, I've tried to be a part of this community as, as best I can.
0: And so kind of looking at like our final questions here, we pretty much covered everything we wanted to talk about today, except for like the second to last question, which is, uh, in what ways do you feel that students can reach out to their professors to give them feedback? Being a student, it can be nerve wracking to speak up, which is why SOIs and Rate My Professor are so popular, since they're anonymous, but some students are still reluctant to talk to professors. Uh, What do you think can be done about that?
2: That's true. I see this all the time, and I understand it. Um, I've seen some situations, too, where students are afraid to talk to their professors. I I saw one recently where some students were afraid to talk to the professor, and they did, and this is, I think, what everybody's afraid of. It backfired, and the professor said, you know I can change your grade at any time. The semester's not over, which is your own personal nightmare. That's exactly what you don't want to happen, and I don't know that professor, and I'm pretty glad that I don't, because (laughs) I think that's not... Nice. Having said that, I don't know all of the ins and outs of that class, so I don't want to insert myself into someone else's business. But what I'm saying here is that sort of fear, I understand, of of speaking up. So I think there are a lot of ways you can do that. Um, First of all, don't ever – well. I would suggest you to not tackle the professor right before or right after class. That's not a great time to tackle some heavy-handed issues. Definitely make an appointment during office hours. And I know students, just let me take a quick sidebar. I know students wonder all the time, like, why can't I just do it before or after class? I also have other classes, and sometimes I'm running out the door to get to another building, to another class, and I can't always take the time that I want to give. A student, if they don't make an appointment or come during my office hours, that's when I am available and I am free. And the only thing on my mind during those office hours is helping students. So that's that's part of why. Got to catch a professor when they're in the right mindset, I would say. Um, and then also, there are a lot of sort of if you look at any good management book and managerial techniques, <laughs> I think students can use those when approaching a professor. So instead of having an accusatory tone where the professor is immediately on the defensive. I, Put your sort of points in question form or in what if form, you know, like what if we maybe try this? Is there any way we could do that? Like ask questions instead of going in guns blazing. We hate you. We hate this class. We hate everything you're doing, which sometimes is true. I've seen students say that. Um, and, and some professors are not going to bend. I think you need to also know that they are not budging. That's how That is their teaching style. That is what they expect from you. And in your life, there are going to be people that expect things that you may consider unreasonable. And unfortunately, if they're your boss, you have to suck it up and do it. And if they're your professor and you want an A, sometimes you just have to eat it. I hate to say it, but you just have to do the thing. Um, and I hope that's not the case. I do think more often than not professors are reasonable. I do think more often than not, there is a at least a compromise to be made. Um, and I also think over half the time, it's misunderstanding of intentions. So students think one thing and the professor's intent is not that thing that is upsetting students. It's something else. And so I think if you can at least talk and ask those questions, just get a conversation going. A lot of times that's all it takes. And it was just a a misunderstanding. So I think that intent matters in, in, in classrooms a lot, both on the part of the professor and on the part of the student, I think intent matters a lot. So I would suggest that office hours, ask a lot of questions and try to come to a compromise. And remember, too, that professors are human. And we do make mistakes. We do. We absolutely do. And it's hard to admit, just like it would be hard for any student to admit. So I think approaching us as humans um, is really helpful.
0: And so kind of wrapping up here, you know, just kind of the general journalism final question. Are there any, you know, additional comments or things you'd like you know, our listeners to know, as we're kind of wrapping up this discussion today.
2: Gosh, this has been fun. First of all, I'm really thrilled that you asked me to do this. I didn't think it would necessarily be fun because I was worried because as I said, I don't read these Um, and actually I had, it didn't occur to me if I have not read these since well before the pandemic, like long, like maybe it's been a couple of years. (laughs) So I'm glad that most of the more recent ones were boring for you guys, you said, so that that makes me feel pretty good. I do think, uh, I mean, I, I want to encourage students to reach out like anytime to your professors. We are human and we do care. We really, I think majority of us really, really do care about our students' well-being. Um, especially, I, I know people are tired of it, but I can't let it go without saying, because it's important. Mental health is important. Mental health is the most important thing. There's nothing more important than your mental health. Absolutely nothing. Whatever you think that A, that 4.0, that red cap, whatever. No, your mental health is more important every single time. If you ha- I, I say this to everyone I know in my life. If you don't have your mental health, you have nothing. So I think students, uh, if you are having a hard time, whether it's pandemic related, whether it's not, whether it's transitioning back into in-person classes, I know there's a lot of anxiety about, trans- I've heard students t- tell me they have anxiety about coming back into classrooms reach out to somebody that can help you and give you some coping techniques. There's a counseling center on campus. Heck, reach out to me. I'm on all social media. (laughs) I'm at Mare Cummings on all social media, M-E-R-E Cummings. And, um, or you can email me at my email address which you can just Google. Um, I'm here, you know, I just think that's really important. I know it's a real downer, but it's also really important. Um, and so back to the ratings though, uh, I really, I, I really do think that the SOIs especially are really important, and I do look at those, and I really take those in, into consideration. And um, I, I ha- you know, I had kind of a personal win this year. I, I never really saw these two worlds colliding, my personal and my professional. But um, my daughter is a UA student I mentioned, and has been most of her life very into politics, and, and she was a political science major. And uh, and criminal justice, and she recently changed her major to news media in my department, which could not have floored anyone more than me. I did not see this coming. I did not think she would ever. She's always said, "I'll never be a journalist because both of my parents are. I'm never going to do it. Never, 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 never." So I feel like you know, getting. I never tried to get her to change her major, but we were talking about these ratings and those few students who changed their major, and that made me really happy. You have never seen a behind closed doors, like fist pumping dance like the one I did when she told me she was changing her major. Because honestly, she's not a news media major. She's a creative media, but it's still in my department. So it counts. So that's all, you know, just like, yes. So it's been really fun and cool to watch her as well. Because I taught her when she was an elementary schooler, I taught her class journalism. And now I stay out of her way because I'm not going to mix mommying and professoring. I'm not going <laughs> to, she can't take my class and I'm not going to help her with any of her crimson white stuff. That's all hers. Like it's not getting into it, but it's still been really fun from a student professor perspective uh, to kind of go back and forth. And I told her the other day, I was thinking about you guys and I was like, you know, Sometimes when we talk, I think we need a podcast of our own, like a professor-student intergenerational thing, because we come from different worlds entirely, as do students and their parents these days, you know, Gen Z and their parents. We, we have no, I'm speaking as a parent now, and as a professor, actually, who's older. So there's a certain cutoff of professors that are older. We have no playbook for how to raise a child with a phone in their hands from day one. Nobody ever taught us this. Our parents didn't have this. So we're really winging it here. (laughs) So I think that's the last thing I would say. And that comes to talking to your professors and reaching compromises and really understanding them as humans. Nobody gave me a playbook for a lot of what I have to do with students. And I did not grow up with a phone in my hand. And I have to, you know, I mean, I teach mobile journalism now. I teach it all the time, how to do journalism on your phone. But... Um, Nobody gave me a playbook for communicating with uh, Gen Z and it's been a fun ride, but you kind of have to help us sometimes, I would say, like help us along. Um, But um, yeah, I have a leg up there because I do love social media, but nobody's ever, um, and and that goes for professors too, you know, we, we are certainly good to adapt and adjust very quickly, but we are doing just that. We're adapting and adjusting. To something we never had. So I think that's really important to kind of keep in mind as we also learn what no cap and Stan and things like that mean. We're learning lingo, we're learning social media, we're learning it all at one time. And it's a ride to be on, let me tell you. <laughs> anyway, thank you for, for having me today. I'm really glad to do this.
0: Yeah, we're very, we were very just excited, not only to start, but to talk to you we've just like heard so many amazing things and again Josh has personal experience but I was excited to talk to you for the first time and I mean you're just such an awesome guest. Well, I was kind you. of worried we were gonna have like a lot of material but like you just made it so like a pleasant little conversation here.
2: I'm glad and I I, had, I kept the corny jokes to a minimum for you guys. So there you go. <laughs> well thank you for this opportunity. It's been fun. Well will see Bye. you all next time.
0: Have a good day. Okay. Bye. Bye.